Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. All right, let's roll. <laughs> Countdown to draft is on for better or worse red heat and rage game time decisions uh, radio i am gabriel moretz he's alongside the raging redhead cam steward we got a ton of picks for you today man it's the nfl draft so we're going to run through all of the props uh, we've got nhl hockey yeah two on, games on the board uh, here this evening a couple of series are set to begin after the toronto maple leafs uh, lose last night game seven boston great, great, Bruins. great stuff some good defense they got on that team. Wow. To be expected. They have probably the worst defensive core out of any playoff team that I've seen in years. They got to at least get rid of two, probably three guys on the back end. Well, that's if, they, why, if they're going to be a contender. That's why they're no longer in the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs. Yes. You know what, though? It's not just their defensemen. It's the forwards. You, know, you can blame the defensemen all you want. The defensemen are shaky. Very shaky. They're just not good enough. Yeah. You know, they not physical they're enough. It's it's their the roster isn't complete, uh, but the forwards don't back check. The forwards we talked about it over and over. They're not gritty enough, and um, now it's going to be uh, 15 years since the Toronto Maple Leafs have won just a single playoff series, yeah. which is might be a lot longer than that. Marenzi, we'll see. Like Babcock makes a lot of money. Yeah, he does. That's another thing, right? Like Babcock, when you look at the hockey brass, you got Lou Lamorello as your GM, Brendan Shanahan and Babcock, yet, you know, Babcock seems to get a free pass. The guy's rolling out different lines in the third period. There's no chemistry there. You talked about it. Guys weren't back-checking. You're, you're the one of the top-paid coaches. It's just one of those situations where I don't think you need to pay that much for a coach. Nobody ever wants to call him out. Um, nobody ever wants to call him out. Whatever he, whatever he makes a nice play, Twitter blows oh, yeah. up with the great, case great. and stuff. But uh, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews, man, he's got uh, he's got a little ways to go to take it to the next level to be a big time player for, for sure. real. He's a great offensive talent. He's extremely young. I think that maybe we the expectation level grew a little bit too quickly because of the early success that this kid has had. But you know, the best way I can put it is, he's a floater. There's numerous times and. Listen, I don't watch every Toronto Maple Leaf game, but I, you know, I've, I've seen, I probably saw about 50 of the 82 games. And numerous occasions, man, I lost a bet once, and him and Marner, neither of them would, would skate hard after they coughed the puck up. You know, and Austin Matthews did this routinely in this series, man, where, like, the Boston Bruins are on a three-on-two, and he's not desperately nope. trying to get back. Like, he, he sort of coasts. He coasts. Yep. No, you said it. Marner, he's 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 awesome and fast, but he's he's also undersized. Well, I'm talking about Austin around. Matthews. Oh, Austin Matthews needs to get I'm back. talking but about Austin Matthews coasting. Mitch Marner shows more heart. Uh, Mitch Marner just is a, is he's a, a young guy. He's a smaller, you know what I mean? He's, he's a skinnier dude. 
But Austin Matthews, for for a so-called superstar. He's got to get tougher. A guy, not so much tougher, Cam. He's got to hustle more. Yeah, he's, I, he's I, also, I also think he has to get he, tougher because he gets pushed off the puck way too he much. Needs, you know, he's not supposed to be a goon. I mean, but he needs to hustle. Like, he needs to try harder. This is what it comes down to. The effort's just not there. You know, the effort's there in one end of the rink, but it's not there in the other end of the rink. And if you don't play at both ends of the rink, then you're not playing anymore. And uh, that's the deal. Uh, you know, Mitch Marner, he got burnt earlier. They sort of learned it a bit, but they don't have that next level uh, yet. And that's not on a defenseman. That's on the kids on the team to want to get better, to want to take it to the next level. It's not going to be handed to them, no matter what they do in a regular season. They're extremely skilled. But anyways, I don't really want to spend this much time talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. But, (laughs) you know, I'm not surprised they lost. That's why I told people to take the Boston Bruins last night. Yeah, and the over. Lots of goals. Yeah, you know, the the, the total was (laughs) too low. I should have smashed the over. That would have been perfect. The total was too low at, uh, at five and a half. Uh, Toronto Raptors victorious uh, last night. Cleveland Cavaliers uh, get it done. The Houston Rockets get it done. And the Oklahoma City Thunder get it done. The parlay that we gave you, plus 218. Good call. Is a winner. Um, Scary for a while with that Jazz game. Man, what a comeback by OKC. Yeah, Russell Westbrook Westbrook scored 45 points last night, but took him 39 freaking shots to do it. (laughs) Like, Russell Westbrook really didn't play great. And no, you know, listen, they, they they scored enough points in the second half to extend the series, but he really, like I said, he took 39 freaking shots. They're in a lot of trouble, Oklahoma City. I think they're going to lose when they go back to the Utah. Utah, Utah yep. are clearly a better team. But Oklahoma City dug down deep. Uh, yeah, we've been nailing these uh, Moneyline parlays this week uh, in the National Basketball Association. Unfortunately, we can't do that tonight because we've only got one game uh, tonight. The Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. It's game six. We talked about this yesterday. Teams that win game five of a uh, seven-game first-round NBA playoff series go on to win the series 83% of the time. Um, so the, the, this, this is a big game, obviously, uh, for, the, for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, they're, they're screwed. They need to win this game. They need to go back to Boston to win another game. Every one of these games in this series has been close, with the exception of one of them. Game two was kind of a blow-up for Boston. I think Boston are really going to um, home teams. I think it's a home team series, just like it's just like, like the Raptors yeah, series. But it it not is it it is it it is. But they're not covering at home. Talking they, about winning, but the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks, if they win tonight, they're probably going to lose Game Seven in Boston. Like the Bucks won the last home game by two points, right? They're really yeah. close games. These games, it's a sweat job. Or I think they won one of them by five and one of them by two at home. That's what it was. One of them by five and they were four and a half, and one of them by two. Tonight it was five. It's down to four and a half now. I just think Boston. Um, I think Boston is going to hang around again tonight. Milwaukee's going to feel the pressure. I think uh, this evening. Smart comes back. Boston looks good. I think Milwaukee will squeak it out tonight, and then they're going to uh, lose in Boston. Yeah, Marcus Smart's a huge, huge, huge. difference maker coming back uh, for them. Does all the little things. Tough dude, Marcus Smart. Great he player is. out of uh, Oklahoma State. So we got two games in the National Hockey League. Uh, this evening, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Uh, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. And, of course, they beat the Washington Capitals in the playoffs the last two years uh, as well. Um, the, the Penguins have terrorized the Washington Capitals over the years in the postseason. Alexander Ovechkin's had a hell of a career, but yeah. when he's like 62 and... Uh, He's playing golf, man. He's going to be having... Nightmares you know, of penguins? He's going to be having, <laughs> uh, you know, visions of Sidney Crosby yeah. 
uh, you know, he's going to be playing golf, and Crosby's going to be, like, in the, in the hole ahead of him. Hey, what's up, uh, Alex? How you doing, buddy? Draining shots. Like, it's sort of like uh, Chris Everett and Navratilova, man. Like, they're not really rivals, but they are. And it just is what it is. Crosby's won a bunch of Stanley Cups. O- Ovechkin hasn't. And oftentimes, Ovechkin's playoff run comes to the comes comes to, to the hands of Sidney Crosby. Washington are suddenly hot right now. They've won four straight hockey games. They're feeling it. I think they're sort of playing with house money. People always expect them to choke anyways. I like the Washington Capitals this evening. So do I. Not so much in the series, though. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins will win the series. I think the Penguins are going to the Stanley Cup. Uh, but um, I think the Washington Capitals get it done tonight. You got Malkin's out. Hornquist uh, is out. A lot of injuries. It's starting to catch up, man. You're, you know, even the Pittsburgh Penguins can only absorb so many injuries. I agree, too. And uh, the Murray's been good, but a lot of the times he is letting in goals. They got, they're got they banged up everywhere. The line even tells it, Gabe. Washington's favored in this game, and you know a lot of sharp betters are going to go, well, how do I get the Pittsburgh Penguins as a dog? I think uh, Washington is the right side. I agree. I'm not sure where the series is going, but I can tell you Washington will be on the betting card tonight. I love the Caps. Now, we should note that the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have won nine of the last ten playoff games that they played against the Washington. Oh, I know. It, 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 the trend is not our friend tonight but at Washington I think with with also a little bit fresher coming off their series only a couple days rest I think these guys want to get back on the ice for winning four straight games against Columbus they're jacked up sometimes you know what I mean you just want to get back out there when you're feeling it you don't want to take time off so I said it's a good spot I meant Hagelin you mean Hagelin yes Hagelin Hagelin Hornquist struggling Hagelin Hagelin Carl Hagelin upper body is out Evgeny Malkin lower body uh upper lower yeah, they're they're going to be returning. They'll probably play in game two. They just can't be uh, playing uh, this evening. We'll talk about it from a DFS uh, standpoint. As uh, Riley uh, Sheehan and Dominic Simon uh, have been uh, moved up, they're playing with uh, Phil Kessel. At least that's what was going on at uh, Wednesday's practice. All right. Uh, so yeah, Tony Cicada will join us. We'll talk some DFS. Uh, light night in Major League Baseball. Light night in the NBA. Just one game. Light night in the NHL. Just uh, a couple of games on the board tonight. So it's a good night. For the National Football League draft, Mike Blewett will join us at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time in about a little less than an hour's time. Uh, man, Mike really knows uh, really knows uh, his college of football and all these players, so I'm going to throw my props at him. I'm going to share all my props with you. I've got about 10 props now. We're up to 10, and I played a lot of these last night believing that the sports books were going to pull them. They pulled some of them. But most of the books still have the, the prop odds up right now, and I could have screwed myself on a couple of them. As right now, and this is crazy line movement, guys. Baker Mayfield, the jackass quarterback from Oklahoma, he was 25-1 to 1 to be the first overall yep. pick about two weeks ago. All right, 10 days ago, two weeks ago, it was 25-1. to 1. Uh, Then it crept up to about plus 1,600 over the last week or so. Two days ago, it was hovering around plus 1,200. And then it sort of popped to like plus 600. Yep. And now today, right now, it's minus 300. It's minus 500 at some spots. I don't know. It appears as though the people are convinced and uh, that the Cleveland Browns have told Baker Mayfield they're taking them uh, first overall. I'll believe it when I see it. Yet the odds makers are uh, believing it right now. It's a crazy risk, Morency. Minus 300. I won't be making that bet. You talked about before only a couple props. You got it up to double digits, buddy. It wouldn't be a draft night without double digit props. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you told me you're going to be conservative. Normally, but, you, know, you got to go for it. Normally, I don't bet this many. Uh, this but many if you're props. Feel, hey, if you're feeling it, you're feeling it. I, I'll tell you. I just took a ton of props at plus money, so yeah. I don't need to win them all. Out of the ten, that's if good, I can go, that's smooth. That's a smart move. If I can win, if I win like four of them, I'll be all right. I'll probably make a little money. I will say this though: What have we learned about the NFL draft with the with the media? You're getting a guy from twenty six to one to minus three hundred. This is the ultimate hedge opportunity. If you're betting, if you if you have a yeah. system, you can go ding, 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 and gr- grab a couple things and make but some serious money. That's easy to say now. It is easy. The it, it is easy to say, <laughs> but the numbers have been fluctuating all week. That's to to the point you can hover in on, on a couple guys. But yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Now the Cleveland Browns have had a great off season so far. The uh, bringing in Jarvis Landry, who's uh, consistently in the top five of receptions in the National Football League, was a great acquisition to put alongside. Uh, Josh Gordon, who's a beast. Of course, you got Corey Coleman. Um, you bring in Tyrod Taylor. Like you go down the list of the the things that the Cleveland Browns have done. Young defense, they're gonna they, they're gonna get better. Yeah, they're you know great draft picks uh, last year on the defensive uh, side of the football. Um, they bring in uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, you know, one move after another, I liked and. You're looking at this football team. You're like, man, they got a ton of draft picks. They have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the football. They were in football games last year. They bring in Carlos Hyde, Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor. All these things are positives. You have the first and the fourth pick in the draft. Saquon Barkley is the best prospect to come into the National Football League, they say, in 20 years. You're the first and the fourth pick in the draft, and you're not going to take them? And... You're paying Tyrod Taylor $16 million. That's a, that, that is a great point. So what was the point of bringing in Tyrod Taylor to bring in another sort of short quarterback who's not better than Tyrod Taylor? Like first overall. And now, and I don't know what's going to happen. I give up on the Cleveland Browns. And now there's a report that the Cleveland Browns are going to trade the fourth pick. And they're going to trade down from the fourth pick. So, in other words, instead of getting Bradley Chubb, the best offensive player on the board, and then the best offensive player on the board, and Saquon Barkley, you're going to screw this up somehow by taking Baker freaking Mayfield and trading the fourth pick. I'm not even a Cleveland Brown fan, and I'm outraged. <laughs> like, really? Like, no, you're it right. Just, it somehow it, it just angers me. Like, you, they're just so stupid. With a team that has been doing dumb things for so many years, I'm, I'm with you. I think, like... Obviously, we don't know how these guys are going to pan out, but the two sure guys, Chubb and Barkley, those are the guys. I, I couldn't agree more. Those are the guys I'd take if I was Cleveland. If me and you were in the brass, I, one, I take Barkley, and then I take Chubb, and I go wow, sit back and go, wow, we can get another quarterback later on in the draft. But you know what? I wouldn't reach for any of these guys. Now, the Cleveland Browns could be playing everybody. They could be playing everybody, and it could be a big con job. They could be trying to get people to trade up. They could be trying to fool another team into thinking that they're taking Mayfield to try to uh, to, to shake them down. But I don't know. It's getting pretty close to the, the draft right now. And, you know, well, the draft's in four hours. So the, you know, it's at 8 o'clock Eastern. At this point, too, it starts to leak. You know, basically the television networks yeah. find out because they're doing the Chiron and the graphics. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, like there's that's, be, that's the thing. That's there'll be like, guys that's... in, like, the ESPN truck and the production booth of the NFL Network They'll sort of know. They'll start to find out. All right, get the Baker Mayfield profile ready. Get those fonts. You know, get the Baker Mayfield uh, profile ready for the first one out of the gate. The writing will start to be on the wall, and then it'll start to leak. It's clear that the sports books think this. 
Yet, if they really, really were convinced he was the first pick, they'd make it like minus 1,800. It wouldn't just be minus 300 right now. So they're sort of thinking, they're following the rumor mill right now. Yet, it's going to be a mistake. I look forward to Mike Blewett's take on this. It's going to be a big mistake. All right? Not just for the Cleveland Browns, but the Cleveland Browns, you didn't learn your lesson. You already had Johnny Manziel. Baker Mayfield's Johnny Manziel 2.0. You've already been down this road. All right? Um, you go you go down the list, all right? These are the Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks over the years in the National Football League. College football stars. Tim Tebow playing baseball right yep. now. Troy Smith couldn't cut it Nothing. in the Canadian Football League. Matt Leinart, better analyst Out. than he was quarterback. Hot tub. Jason White. I don't even remember you, Jason White. <laughs> Wasn't he Oklahoma? Yeah, he was. Yeah, t- yeah. yeah. Oh, Jason White was horrible. Yeah, another Oklahoma quarterback. Here. <laughs> it's like, I don't. Jason White, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was don't, a good college system He wore a bandana. I'm almost positive he wore a bandana, too. I don't remember. Bandana. I don't even remember what happened to him in the NFL. Yeah. Where did he play? He didn't even. I, I, I don't think he started a game. Yeah, exactly. He was a consummate third third stringer. Like, so, you know, Eric Crouch. Eric Crouch, uh, Colin, nope, done. Chris Wenke, nope. Chris Wenke, well, a couple, couple things for Carolina. He had no, yeah, he was yeah, like twenty eight service years old. Serviceable, yeah, exactly. Danny Werfel with a boss. Gino yep. Toretta sucks. Charlie Ward was a good point guard. Ty Detmer was a career backup. Andre Ware, nope, big bust. Baker Mayfield was a very, very, very good college quarterback. It doesn't mean he's going to be a success in the National Football League, but. Whatever, I'm hosting a radio show right now. If I was so smart, I'd be running an NFL team. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. The Cape Time Decisions Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Jim Arenzi, alongside the Ranger Redhead, Cam Stewart. Pete yeah. Annapolis will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll talk some NBA. I took a page out of your book, Marenzi. You know when we were talking before about uh, just getting things that are comfortable for cheap, like when you went to Vegas and you bought those kind of older man sneakers for 12 bucks. Uh, I did the same thing. I picked up a pair of jeans for uh, $8 at Costco. Very comfortable. You know what? That's when you've given up. Like, I don't care about uh, polo shirts and alligators and style anymore. I want something that's cheap, that fits, and they'll give me room to breathe. Your stories are really letting me down. <laughs> This is the the intro to the segment. Well, it's nothing. That right. You wanted to let us know that you bought a pair, eight dollar no. pair of jeans. Well, today. you told me when you went to Vegas, you bought those twelve dollar pair of shoes. I said they looked comfortable. So yeah, that's that, that's all. That's where I'm going with that. Comfort, not price. That's where I'm going. I like it. I like a good pair of jeans for eight bucks. That that that's exactly where I'm going with that story. I believe I told you this story off the air. 
No, you told me. No, we, we, we did it on air while we were doing Red Heat and Rage in the old uh, studio. I don't know if it's the most interesting uh, topic. No, it's not. The bottom, no, no, bought, it's, it's fine. It's just, strange. Just something we I throw out there. I thought you had like a hot sports take. You're like, oh, yeah, I bought an eight pair of dollar jeans today. <laughs> <laughs> I got some props for you. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you have? Actually, for the props, for the NFL, I got, uh, I'm got. i taking Lamar Jackson under 17 and a half. I've already locked that one in. I know that it's a little bit risky, but it's plus 110 to the under. I'm also going to go with uh, Darius Geis. I think, uh, I think he will get uh, under 32 and a half. I think he is going to be drafted before 32 and a half, laying uh, 70 cents. Quarterbacks in the first round. I don't like to do the juice, but I think we're both on this one. Under five and a half quarterbacks taken. And Nick Chubb over 52 and a half. Minus 150 for the. I don't think he's going to be drafted till about the 65 70 mark. Interesting. Interesting. Well, those are ones that are still left on my book. I can't lie. I go with uh, three sports books, and two of them, as you warned yesterday, I've already taken all the NFL draft props off. They're like, the minute they talked to, heard about Mayfield and all these other, they just went, they pulled the plug. But a couple reputable books still have uh, props available. There's, of course, Josh Allen in the news uh, today. Um, and here, here's the uh, the headline: Josh Allen's offensive tweets could affect his NFL draft stock. No, they won't. Nope. And uh, you know, there's talk that an NFL team that did this, you know, NFL team did this to try to smear him so that he would fall in the draft and then it could potentially take him, which an NFL team would do for sure. But if they were going to do this, they wouldn't have done this the night before the draft. They would have seeded everyone's suspicion and doubt about the kid and let this story fester uh, for a couple of days or a week or so. They wouldn't just spring this overnight, the night uh, the night before the draft. And, you know, this is very similar to the kid on Villanova in which he's not racist. He was using the N-word, you know. In what context was he using it, you know? As I stated, man, a lot of these kids, man, they think they're black and they think they can just say whatever yep. the hell they want to say. He was a teenager. It's not going to affect his draft stock. It's a stupid hit job. It's a smear job. It's like uh, it's the biggest smear job since uh, what's going on with Dr. Ronnie. Uh, they're taking the, it's like the, the old kneecap. What, the Candyman? Yes, the, the Galuli special. <laughs> I love the Candyman smile, though. He's crazy. Every time I see him, he's smiling. Like, I guarantee he's you, great. <laughs> I guarantee you, there's, a, there's some loser out there. There's a loser out there that fishes through everybody's for old sure. tweets. Oh, for sure there is. Right? Like, so. You're not going to do it with the Chenzo kid has a big yeah, game. Then somebody, you know, or somebody already knows about them and says, you know what? I'm going to pinch this kid. I remember from years ago he said this, and I saved it. But there are extreme losers. I mean, who the hell is fishing through Josh Allen? For the record, in 2013, Josh Allen was like 14 years old. Exactly. So, yeah, essentially, you are scouring through a teenager's social media accounts. Like, are we really going to start getting into what people said when they were 12 and 13 years old? But, like I said, there are losers out there that do this stuff. Another thing, though, Moretz, you know, obviously the teams aren't going to be linked to it, but friend of a friend of a friend. It's not hard these days to have a guy that's just on that stuff that goes digging deep. And, hey, what about Jeremy Tunsil? Remember that Remember that with the big bong and stuff like that? That happened right, that, but that happened right before the draft. There was a big, ooh, here we go. Oh, look at this guy. He's got a gas mask on, and he's smoking a bong. And, uh, you yeah, know, Miami was- ended up picking him up. That was just another jackass out there trying to trying to screw the kid over. That picture of him smoking a bong wasn't even from exactly right before. It was from a couple of years earlier. Vindictive people. Yeah, you know, this is the society that we live in uh, right now. But, no, it's not going to affect his draft stock uh, at all. And what is an extremely unpredictable draft uh, right now, all kinds of crazy 
You know, crazy line moves, man, here. I just I don't get the love fest with Baker Mayfield. And maybe the Cleveland Browns are a hell of a lot smarter than we're giving them credit for, except I really doubt that. And I'm going to say maybe they're bluffing everybody, but I don't think they're bluffing. Like, are they really this ridiculously freaking stupid? <laughs> they might love the guy. You know what I mean? That's the Cleveland Browns. This is the thing. We don't know what quarterback's going to end up being the best. Are I'm they with really? you, though. I think they got a lot of red flags with Mayfield. He's undersized. Just because he did good in the Big 12 doesn't mean shit to me. I, I, I'm looking at your prop of Saquon Barkley. I can't believe it went from 9 to 25 to 1. A lot of things can happen before draft day, and some team might, you know what, they might say he is going to be the pick. But I'm just saying for that price, it's almost worth even to put 25 bucks on it to win what's 25 times 2,500 bucks. Like, uh, yeah, you could take, you could take you a know? stab at it. You it's probably not going to happen, it. but, you know, that's that's some really, really unrealistic gods for something that could eventually happen. And what about uh, for people that like Darnold now? Like, my, pl- what is he, plus 200 you got on your book now for minus 300? I think Sam Darnold's going to go to the New York Jets. Third, third overall? Yeah. Yeah. Let's say if, if, if this is the way this goes, if Baker Mayfield goes first, first. overall, Saquon Barkley will go, go to second the to the Giants. Yep. And then third, the New York Jets, I think, will take Sam Darnold. And that was their dream. It's funny because last year, last year, everybody thought the Jets were going to tank to get Sam Darnold, and the Jets didn't tank. And ironically enough, they're going to be able to take Sam Darnold if they want to uh, when it's all uh, said and done. I don't know. Maybe they'll overlook this. Uh, maybe I'm thinking too much about the Josh Rosen and the Trump stuff with Woody Johnson being the ambassador. But uh, Mac Engel of the um, Fort Worth Star-Telegram. <laughs> I'm digging the here. paper there. Yeah, it's not Dallas, essentially. It's the Dallas Morning News, and you got the Fort Worth uh, Star-Telegram. Um, but, you know, they, they watch a lot of Big 12 football out here. He's got a great uh, piece on Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I don't think anyone could have put it better when he says, says that Baker Mayfield is a great college quarterback who can make a uh, game one on 11. He's the six-foot-five center who can win an NCAA tournament basketball game. But when facing bigger and uh, better competition at the next level will be exposed. And I think that's exactly, I think that's a good way to put it. It's a big difference, man, between being a, a good college, college player. quarterback and a great pro. There yes. are great college players, man, that are just sort of, you know, mediocre second and third string quarterbacks in the National Football League. And another great comparison that I think that we're going to see with Baker Mayfield, and he is a little bit better. He throws a better football than the guy. But I think ultimately they're going to have sort of a similar career path, and it'll be uh, Colt McCoy. Interesting. Texas quarterback. They're very similar. I think they're very similar as far as skill set. Size. Like I said, like Baker Mayfield's accuracy is probably a little bit better. I mean, he, 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 is, a good, he is a good thrower, Baker Mayfield. But ultimately, I think I don't see Baker Mayfield as a long-term starter in the National Football League. I'm not saying he's going to be terrible. I'm not saying at all he's Johnny Manziel and he's going to be out of the league in two years. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is he's not coming into the league as a starter right away and playing well. Like, put it this way. If the Cleveland Browns do take him, he won't beat Tyrod Taylor out. No, he starting. definitely won't. Right? So, so what are they going to do? They're going to take him and just throw him out there anyways? Then what the hell are you paying Tyrod Taylor $16 million that's, for? That's a lot of money to be a starting quarterback. I'm going to tell you a guy that I have flags with, Marenzi. You have Mayfield. For me, it's Josh Allen. 
I, I just because he has the they talk about the electric arm, he can roll out and throw 80 yards. You take a look at his percentages. Very, very poor completion percentage. Played in a weaker conference. I'm not totally sold. Sure, you had one good game against the Central Michigan Chippewas when everyone was watching in the bowl game. But if you take the whole body of work, I think that guy, like if you with a gun to my head said who's going to be a bust, I don't think Josh Allen's going to be a good NFL pro. I think he's going to be uh, very disappointing. Josh Allen is sort of like, uh, it's a lot like Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, when he was with Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt really wasn't great. They didn't really win that many games. But, he looked good in that program. But no, he showed he showed NFL upside. Right? Like they don't really care. I mean, how many national championship quarterbacks? AJ McCarron won two national yep. championships, right? True. He's making five million dollars a year now. He's probably gonna end up being a backup with the Buffalo Bills when it's all said and done after tonight. Um so being the best, Tim Tebow, one of the best college quarterbacks yep. ever. Vince Young, one of the best college quarterbacks ever. I do agree with Josh Allen. I'm I'm torn on Allen. In that, I don't. Th- I think Allen's a good pick. Like I, I don't think he's a bad pick. I think he's got a ton of upside, but I think he's going to go higher than he really should. Like yeah. to me, Josh Allen should be a late first, first round, round pick. pick. Yes, he yes. shouldn't be. He's like not going to be top, a top five pick. He shouldn't be the top five type deal, top three, top five, and he might not be. Maybe he falls a little bit. We don't know. But NFL people like him a lot. He can throw the ball like 80 oh, yards. No. Oh, I know he can. Like, he's, he's got so, an electric arm, not rubber gonna, arm. Not that it really matters because... No how, many, how many 80-yard bombs do you throw? Well, the thing is, yeah, you, you're never protected for that long. Like, the plays don't the, last that long. you got to be better with the intermediate stuff, but yeah. The accuracy, he's completed 56% of his passes in two years. Not good. At uh, Wyoming. He didn't have exactly have the best offensive line. He didn't have the best talent uh, with him this past year. One concern with Allen... In the two high-profile games that he played uh, this year, the first game was against Iowa. Now, listen, Iowa, Iowa have a very, very good defense. They so sure it's, do. It's somewhat comparable to what it'd be like to playing an NFL team, but not really. You know what I mean? Like it's Iowa. So yeah. no, they, they have a very, very good what college I'm defense. Is, yeah, yeah, it's a tough road trip. You went to Iowa. I remember the game. I was in Vegas. It was Week One, and I remember it was crappy weather. It was raining, and it was sort of it was bad weather, and uh, Iowa shut them out. Like Wyoming yep. got shut out. All right, so Josh Allen didn't put any points on the board. Then they sort of, then he looked good the next week against a crappy team. And then he looked okay the next week. And then it was sort of like another big high-profile test. And I remember this game like it was yesterday because I bet on it and I watched it. And I lost on it because I took Josh Allen to Wyoming. And uh, he flopped on national television on Saturday night against the Oregon Ducks. Yep. And, yeah, Oregon are a better team, so, you know, whatever. Oregon kicked the crap out of Wyoming, but he didn't even rack up points, really. Against a mediocre in, in, in garbage defense. Time. Like, they got smoked. Like, I think they scored 14 points. Like, he got smoked. He was overwhelmed. Buddy, Nebraska, then, Nebraska's putting, like, up 40 on, like, Oregon. Oregon's defense is nothing to write home. This new Oregon Duck team, they can score, but they give up a lot of points. The fact that he didn't but, score in garbage time is concerning. Yeah, but you can't judge. You can't judge what a player's going to be like. You can't take a 19-year-old kid and say, well, he's not going to be good in the NFL in five years because he lost well, to the Oregon Ducks on yes, a Saturday night once. Just he didn't look good in that game. No, those are, you know, the, the mini concerns, but... None of that stuff really matters. You know, winning winning games in college and all that crap really doesn't matter. It's the athletic ability. And he has the athletic ability. He's a very raw-raw, Philip Rivers type of kid. People like him. Never mind, like, the little smear campaign that's, you know, that they're, that's going on today uh, with him. 
he's going to go pretty high. He will. I'm just saying that's my the way you but think if, about you have flags. I, I have flags with him. If that's, Baker that's Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield really is number one, that changes the whole dynamic of the quarterback rotation now. In which then I think Josh Allen could be that guy to sort of fall to 10, 11, 12. And I think the Buffalo Bills would take him if he was there at 12. Yes. Or Arizona would take, what are they, at 15? Like, uh, yeah, hovering around that part. I think both of those teams would be interesting if he's still on the board then. You know, the I think the, the Buffalo Bills like Josh Allen. So I think the Bills are, are probably going to be pleasantly surprised. I think a lot of teams are probably happy that Baker Mayfield's going first overall. Because automatically, Cam, that pushes everybody yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. If you want to go, right? Like, if yeah. you're sitting five or six, you're like, man, son of a bitch. Like, we want to get Barkley or Chubb, but we're not going to be able to because of this. Now it's like, man, we might we be could, able to They might Chubb. fall into that. Yeah, Indiana, now, Chubb can fall into Indianapolis's yeah, lap at six. Now, like, right? exactly. Now if you're another team, let's say if you're sitting at five, six, seven, you're basically just one more team ahead of you, Cam, from doing something stupid, from really laughing now, from really being in a good spot. You're like, all right, they're taking Mayfield. What will Cleveland do? Now, the, the whole thing that no one can predict is, dra- is draft trades, right? There's going to be a trade. Some team is going to move up to do something. It happens every year, and it's always a shocking one, and the media is not going to know about it. Everyone says the Buffalo Bills are moving up. I don't buy it. I think the Bills will stand pat at 12, and they're going to let the chips fall where they may and make the decision at the time. But I guarantee you, Cam, it'll happen. It always happens during the draft. It's like, oh, yeah, the Detroit Lions are on the call. Oh, no, no way. Oh, big trade, three-team three, week, three team trade. And no, no, the Dolphins are now picking. And, like, and the Dolphins, big man on campus did raise a good point uh, earlier in the week about the Dolphins. We were talking about Adam Gase, and I don't like Adam Gase. But one thing a big man brought up, Adam Gase hasn't he hasn't shown any fear at all from getting rid of people. I mean, he got rid of JHI, their best running back. Jarvis Landry's gone. Yeah, right exactly. Now. He wanted to he's the captain, man. He he's brought in Jay Cutler, who's his guy. Not not a good decision. You know what I mean? Like you go down the list and Gase really doesn't give a crap whether you've been there, whether you're a yeah. star player. Jarvis Landry's one of the top NFL wide receivers, most sure consistent is. guy in the league. Didn't care. You can leave. Don't care. Gase is his own worst enemy, in my Jay opinion. Jayajayi, get out of here. All you do, all you try to do is hit the home run, he says. You're always just trying to score touchdowns. You don't do the little things. You're God. Billy says thanks. So, yeah, you go you go down the list. Maybe, you know, he would say, you know what? I don't even like Tannehill. Tannehill wasn't even here for me last year. I don't even really like the guy. Now's the time to move on from Ryan Tannehill. That could be a case. Could happen. I doubt it, but, yeah. No, it could definitely the Miami could Dolphins could take a quarterback. Yes, they could. They definitely could. There's a lot of teams that could take a quarterback. I just want to know how many damn uh, trades we're going to get in the first round. What do you think? If you were to set the number of teams to move in the first round, what would it be? Two and a, two and a half, three trades? Yeah, I'd say over under one and a half. One and if a half. If I was an odds maker, one and a half. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot. I think there's going to be like two or three. Basically, look, the New Orleans, there's a big rumor the New Orleans Saints are trading up. Or they're trying. The Saints are uh, calling teams and trying to hustle up and get uh, higher into the draft which means you know that uh, the Saints uh, will be standing pat. Do <laughs> <laughs> like, the opposite. I love, uh, I love, like, my sources tell me this and sources tell you that. What sources? It's like these guys, the NFL general managers, they don't want anyone knowing who they're taking because it screws up potential trades. It, it's, Cam, this is a game of poker. Yeah, it's dominoes. No one wants to, <laughs> no one wants to bluff about who they're going to take. 
Look at last year, classic example. The San Francisco 49ers weren't taking Mitch Trubisky. The Chicago Bears were one pick behind them. But they convinced Chicago enough that yeah. ah, maybe we'll take them. Bears panicked. Bears panicked and gave them another pick. <laughs> and it turned out then they laughed. They're like, no, we like Saul Thomas the whole time. We got a player we wanted. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game Time Decisions Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Countdown to the National Football League Draft is on. Craig Martin's got an interesting question on Twitter about how much uh, money Sports Center hosts make. We'll get to that a little bit uh, later on. I'll get back to that, uh, Craig, I promise. <laughs> Anyone, though, that works uh, for ESPN, TSN, RDS, they make big, big money. Big like Pete, money. Pete Annapolis. I don't know. I think RDS probably pays Pete about $750,000 a year. Everybody on TV makes a lot of money, right? That's what everyone thinks. Exactly. You're on TV. You must be rich. Exactly. No. What's up, Pete? Yeah, I'm not at that Jeff Van Gundy uh, bracket just yet, guys. I'm still working my way up. (laughs) You got to take a lot of zeros off of that. Yeah, a lot. Trust me. I'm sure it's still pretty good. But I'm very I'm happy. Sure. I'm very happy with what our. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure it's still pretty good, actually, the money. But yeah, we won't put you on the spot now. But I'm sure it's. it's I'm sure it's pretty good. Uh, um, all right. Uh, so yeah, NFL draft. I look forward to talking about the NBA draft uh, with you and the NBA uh, props. But it's the NFL draft uh, tonight, and you know you're not really a football guy, but it's crazy. You know, it's uh, Baker Mayfield, sort of like the Lonzo Ball of this draft. He's become the ESPN it kid. And I swear to God, man, eight out of ten times the ESPN it kid, it ends poorly. Very poorly. And ESPN loves building the kid up and then they'll knock you down like a year later. And the same, I say, I look at somebody's columnist, the same columnists are like, you have to take Johnny Manziel first overall. Or like, you know, you got to take this guy. Uh, this guy's going to be a star. And then years later, it's like, oh, they should have known better. The same people say the same thing. So it's funny. I see the comparison between Lonzo Ball and uh, and Baker Mayfield a little bit, just with the sideshow and the circus and the media hype. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's unfair a little bit to a kid like Mayfield. He's a competitor. likes to go out. He's got some swag. He's got an edge to him. He likes to dance a little bit. Uh, you know, he competes and People want to put these athletes at a pedestal and uh, put them high, 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 and then sometimes they want them to fail, right? So I hope he goes into the right situation. Uh, it's funny. No, I was not. looking at a yeah, He's going, in, he's a going into Cleveland. <laughs> if he's going to Cleveland, he's not. <laughs> you know what he reminds me of? Grayson Allen. <laughs> like He's just sort of this smug kid, and I think Grayson Allen is for a, you know, Grayson Allen's not going to be anything in the NBA. I think he's in for a... Uh, Massive rude awakening. And as far as the balls, Pete, 
Uh, you know, so they're, they're leaving that team there. Real classy of them to leave with two games left in the season when they're trying to fend off regulation. Un- unbelievable. They're like, just a job you started. They're just oh, that's, scumbags. That, that's, that, that is a scumbag move. They're scumbags. They're delusional. That's, bru- that's brutal. Yeah, you see this. Uh, LeVar thinks his kid's got to get ready for the NBA draft uh, and stuff coming up uh, here, Pete. And I don't know. I saw a good quote online. They said, getting ready for what draft? The Brazilian league draft? <laughs> like, and even the Brazilian league, you're not you're cutting it. Like, this guy's really too much, man. Well, the good thing about it is uh, I was thinking about it a couple of nights ago that so we haven't heard about LeVar Ball in a couple of months, right? So he's been out of the, the news, and that, that's a good thing. Alonzo's been injured uh, and didn't really finish the season strong. So, uh, I mean, it's it's complete blasphemy if he thinks that all three three of his sons will play for the Lakers. Uh, Magic Johnson and Rafalinka, I mean, look, they're not going to trade Alonzo yet. But if this continues in the sideshow, I mean, they might have no choice. But he'll come into a second year. He's got a little bit of that humble pie. We're just waiting for the day that Alonzo publicly says, hey, Dad, uh, can you just shut it and let me be my own man? And I think when he does that, uh, then he'll become a better player. But his other two sons, I mean, what a joke. Yeah, and you know what? The father, great father, they can't play NCAA basketball now. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, know, you go to Lithuania. It's, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the kid would have rather just sit on the bench for At two UCLA? months and get back into UCLA. Exactly. Instead of the father pulling him out, the young kid's been screwed over. Good for you. You made 75 bucks a night in a, in a in a in a F league in Lithuania for a guy that averaged two points a game at yeah. Washington State, telling ruining these guys' lives. Uh, it's unbelievable. So, uh, Pete, former assistant coach with UMass at Minuteman, and Pete, uh, you know we'll just call you Coach Pete now because you called this. You've been bitching about this for a while. Jonas Valanciunas, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, or last year, he was their best offensive player. He was carrying them, and then he got hurt. And I'm not saying that JV is the Raptors' best player, obviously, with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. One thing I will say, though, Pete, is he seems to choke less and get less uptight. DeMar DeRozan puts up big points, but the guy's a wreck out there. You can tell he's really battling. Kyle Lowry isn't nervous, but he's just not that extra level. JV is damn good in the playoffs. And it's amazing to me that he's plus plus minus plus 42. And last night was the first time that he played the first minute in, in, in the fourth quarter. Like, listen, I've never, I used to bitch. I don't want yep. him on the floor with two minutes left in the game in a tight defensive, you know, you know, he's, he's an offensive liability at times. But so is half of the freaking NBA. The guy is too good offensively not to have on the floor, and he's a good rebounder as well. You've been saying this forever, Pete. Why doesn't Casey play JV in the fourth quarter? He did, and I tell you what, DeLon Wright and JV saved the Raptors' season last night. Absolutely, and, and you know, uh, people were worried last night. I mean, everybody was worried. We were worried broadcasting the game. Drake was worried. He didn't see him get off his seat. I mean, down by five in the fourth (laughs) quarter, and it could have been season over. You lose the third game in a row going back to Washington. But finally, finally, and I've said this before, and I've said this on your show throughout the last year and two years, Casey's my coach of the year. 59 wins, first in the East, really uh, replanned, reformatted the whole offense uh, to make it more space, uh, get everybody involved. But at the same time, the one criticism I've had with Casey is his reluctance and the trust to play JV in the fourth quarter. But what we saw last night is what JV is able to do. One, he could rebound, as you just mentioned. Two, he blocked shots, he altered shots, and it with his physical presence makes it difficult for guys to finish near the rim. John Wall at 1.1 baseline, JV helps out, hands up, misses the layup. 
The other thing JV can do, he's really skilled in the post. He could finish. He can get offensive rebounds. And the biggest characteristic that he has, his biggest strength, is as a seven-footer, he makes free throws. So if you follow him, he's going to hit 83% of the time. So something we don't see with centers in the NBA. So we saw that yesterday. It allowed and alleviated the pressure from DeRozan, from Lowry, to be the guys that have to take 18 isolation dribbles to score. DeLon Wright was confident, which he wasn't in game four, made some big shots. And C.J. Miles finally woke up to the party, hit a couple of threes. He was good on, on defense as well. And let's not forget, J.V. stole the ball from John Wall and started a fast break. So uh, I hope this continues. He's averaged under 23 minutes per game, which is Valanciunas. Went up to 32 last night. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Casey and his staff, I mean, one assistant has to stand into the coach's meeting and say, hey, Dwayne, he's got to play. So hopefully we'll see that moving forward in game six on Friday. Hey, Pete, let's stick with centers and talking about a guy from the D-League all-defensive first team in 2015. This guy, most improved player 2014. Now you put him on the Rockets. Clint Capella, like, you get this, it's the same type of thing. I just, I'm just watching this guy just get better and better and better all the time with Houston. I know he's got beautiful parts, but talk about him. What a beautiful, beautiful game he has. And this kid, with confidence, he's, the sky's the limit from Switzerland. I, I love Yeah, no question. You want a guy from, uh, from Switzerland playing basketball, and when you see a guy that has the ability to block shots, to run the floor, to offensive rebound, and you look at a guy like Capella, um, who replaced Dwight Howard. So who would you rather have right now, Howard or Capella? Uh, And some guy told me Capella could be an all-star, and I kind of looked at him and said, really? But if you look at the numbers and the efficiency, uh, I think Capella is definitely a guy that fits in perfectly for what Houston wants to do with Harden, with Chris Paul, a reason the way they shoot the three ball. He can run the floor, block shots, and score inside. Yeah, Pete, also uh, talking about tonight's game, I told Marenzi, you know, it's it's just like the uh, Toronto-Washington series, home team, home team, home team. Got to believe Milwaukee, they're a a four-and-a-half point favorite tonight. The total's 200. Been real tight games. We've had overtime games, crazy swings in these games. But uh, what do you think tonight? The Greek Freak's going to need a little bit more help at home uh, from the secondary guys on the team. It's just him and Middleton. But do you think Milwaukee can get it done and uh, send it back to Boston for a decisive game seven? Because the home team so far have been pretty damn good. Yeah, they have, and that's a great point. And my initial prediction was Milwaukee in seven, and they have to steal a game in Boston, and they haven't been able to do that. They've come close, lost in overtime. Uh, lost a close one last game in game five. Al Horford gets the shot off, probably a 24-second violation. But as you mentioned, there has to be more than the Greek freak and Chris Middleton. And, you know, Eric, don't call me Drew Bledsoe. I mean, he likes to talk the talk, but it's time to walk the walk. I mean, he left Phoenix uh, in a little bit of disarray, and he comes here in Milwaukee, and people thought, okay, here we go. The Bucks are going to be a top-two team in the East, but it hasn't materialized. And Bledsoe has to be more consistent. I mean, his goal percentage has to be higher. His decision quality, assisted turnover ratio. I mean, here's a game that I think most people saw Milwaukee after winning two really convincing games at home would have took care of business in game five and come and finish the series here in game six. But they're fighting for their lives right now. But I, I like what I've seen from Jabari Parker. He's been playing with more energy. He feels better coming off that injury. I think Tony Snell is going to have to perform a little bit better, hit a couple of threes. But uh, I think the guy, no question, is Bledsoe. I mean, you don't really want to rely on a guy like Fawn Maker, who's been pretty active coming off the bench. Well, I didn't play in the first couple of games. But to me, Rozier has outplayed Drew Bledsoe on and off the court. So it's time for Bledsoe to step it up. 
I think Milwaukee might be able to win uh, tonight. Like you said, Cam, listen, the home team's won every game yep. in this series. You can't dispute that. But these these closeout games, man. Bo- I, you know, I know. Boston's so gritty, too. Exactly. Tough team. And Milwaukee's going to have to get production besides someone from the Greek Freak. The series is getting more physical. I think that's an advantage for Boston. And you brought it up earlier. The addition of Marcus Smart right now, getting Marcus Smart back, what what a difference maker! He just he's the you know he just uh, he just does all the little things, uh, Pete. He's just a baller, man. The guy's a baller. He can play on any team in the league. He's you know he's he's a really good player that doesn't get talked about a lot. Did Marcus Smart? Well, you look at Marcus Smart and coming out of uh, Oklahoma State, Gabe. We saw him play a number of games in the Big Twelve, and he just had that toughness that that intestinal fortitude and he reminds me a little bit of Ray John Rondo coming into the league in terms of, you know, an active defender will get up, be very physical. I think he's, he's, he's built more like a, like a fullback or like a strong running back than Rondo. But remember the game against Houston when the Celtics beat, you know, the Rockets that were winning almost every single game, he picked up two offensive charges against James Harden, just trying to inbound the ball. That's what he brings those intangibles, and I think for him to come back after, you know, learning his mother was diagnosed with cancer, I think it's it's just a miraculous move by his part. But, you know, with all the injuries they've had, you bring a guy like Smart now, alleviates more pressure off Rozier, off Jalen Brown and Tatum, and he could score. If he gets, you know, he's a streaky scorer, but if he can get going with a couple of shots, Smart is definitely a big-time addition for the Celtics. So I anticipate the Bucks should be able to take care of this. Uh, but again, the resiliency of the Celtics, and again, everybody counts them out, but they keep on winning. But I anticipate this game, go, this series going to seven. Uh, you and I have been part of an anti-LeBron club over the last uh, few years, uh, Pete, together. Um, you know, listen, we got to give him credit. He hit the shot. He does. Uh, but he also goaltended uh, a couple of seconds before that yep. shot. You know, it goes mm-hmm. both ways. So, like, but he always gets the benefit of the doubt. We can't say that. I used to say, and I swear to God, man, we're old, so we remember him from his entire career. Yep. He used to not take these shots. So I'll give him credit. Yep. He's man enough now. He'll step up. He wants the shot. He takes the shot late, and he hit the shot. But the goaltending, the other game, the other game on Sunday night, Pete, when he called timeout, when he was lying down and the ball was rolling, he didn't even have possession of the ball in the game of timeout. It's annoying. He is good, but I I really believe that how much the league bends over and bends the rules yeah. for him takes a little bit of away uh, from it. It really does. For me, it taints it. It really does. It's like, yeah, you're a great player, but you know, you 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 hit people over the head, man. You swipe at the ball. You hit people. You don't get you don't get called a foul. If you do, you act shocked and you get angry about it. Everyone gets called for going anywhere near you. It's like the rules just don't apply to him. It just pisses me off, Pete. Yeah, it does. And listen, the the, the, the proof is there, right? If you do a montage and you, you would see every single benefit of the doubt that LeBron James gets, I mean, listen, it was a goaltend. Game's tied. Oladipo puts it on the backboard before LeBron pinned it. Pacers are up by two points with three seconds left. And I'll tell you this right now. Uh, LeBron taking a shot when the game is tied, to try and win it, and if you miss, you're going to overtime. A lot different than when you're down by two. <laughs> yes, true. Yep. Basketball, right? <laughs> and, and people will say, "Oh, yeah, LeBron takes the shot these days." Well, remember Game Four against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs last year? He's got 
Draymond Green, eight feet from the basket, all he has to do is a floater, put a shoulder into him, he's shooting too. Well, he kicked it out to Kyle Korver, right? So, and then he uh, missed know, it. I so, know. at least he took the shot. And again, I'm not going to sit here and I'll say the guy made the shot, they won the game, hits the buzzer beater. But the one thing I've said, and I think we've talked about it, when you think of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Magic Johnson, there's signature game-winning buzzer shots that they've hit multiple times their career. There hasn't been really many that LeBron has hit. I think one time he won a game against Orlando in the Eastern Conference Final at the buzzer. But last night, I think, validates that. It gives him one that, I mean, everybody's going crazy. Every control LeBron supporter is talking to us. And, <laughs> Pete, I, you know, I'm an honest guy. I, 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 you know, I'll bring up both sides of this. Yep. Let's be real. Michael Jordan pushed off on Byron Russell and against the Utah Jazz. So it would be the same thing. Like, at the same time, anti-Jordan yep. guys at the time. I remember at the time. I was like, man, he freaking pushed off, man. Like, enjoy, you know, like, and he hits the shot, and no one brings it up. He pushed off. He so did. It goes, it goes both ways, right? It happens. And star players have always yep. gotten the treatment, but LeBron's still not Michael Jordan to me. I don't care what people say. <laughs> well, I, I saw something online earlier, and they had Michael Jordan waving to the crowd with the ball after winning six championships. You had Kobe Bryant waving to the crowd, standing on the scoring table after winning five championships. Then you have LeBron <laughs> standing on the table pointing to the crowd after winning a game in the first round. So, uh, listen, he does have three championships, and again, uh, the best stars of the NBA, and that's how they're measured. Um, I want, you know, I like what the Pacers are doing. They need to have Oladipo shoot a lot better than two from 15 from the field if they want to extend this series, even though they're playing at home. The Pacers had opportunities to, to be ahead of this series, maybe even have closed it out already. But you got to give credit where credit is due. LeBron willed them back yesterday with his rebounding, pushing the basketball, whether he gets the calls or not, we know that it's going to happen. But uh, if I'm a Toronto fan, uh, I, I, I don't want the Pacers to win. I want to beat Cleveland with LeBron, and hopefully we'll get that, that series. But, again, uh, stranger things have happened, and LeBron. Sorry, Pete. We want the Pacers. I'm a Raptors fan. <laughs> I, I don't want the Cavs. No, we don't want LeBron. It's the first thing no. I thought, even though I had a big parlay <laughs> on it, like I won last night, buddy. <laughs> I was happy. I was like, yeah, I won the money. Because yes. I was pissed. I was like, that's goaltending. I was like, yeah. But I was like, man, I need the Cavs, though. And then the Cavs won. And I was like, yeah, I hit the parlay. And about 10 seconds later, right away, I was like, oh, oh the Raptors. I was like, now I got to play these guys. Like, ah. Uh. And they're going to get the same calls against us. They get against Pacers. You know, that, that's the problem, right, Pete? We only got about one minute here. So we're not until next week. So, yeah, we got 10 seconds. Pelicans, Warriors. Can the Pelicans beat the Warriors? Yes or no? No, they can't, but they're going to win a couple of games. I like that answer. Nice. <laughs> True. <laughs> Warriors in six. Yeah, Love I like where he's going with that. <laughs> Take care, Pete. All right, bro. Elevator Casio version of uh, Heat of the Moment. <laughs> Mike Blewett joins us next. NFL Draft Talk. Heat of the Moment. Heat of the Moment. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Renzi alongside the Ranger Redhead Cam Stewart. Thanks to Pete Annapolis for joining us on the program. D. Tony Sankata. Yes. Will join us. Uh, join us shortly. Mike Blewett's going to join us uh, first. We'll, we'll answer some of your tweets. We'll talk more about the uh, 
NFL draft. We'll get to some DFS, but right now let's focus in on the uh, National Football League uh, draft with a man that uh, helped uh, navigate us uh, through the NCAA basketball uh, tournament. We talked uh, NFL draft, uh, mock draft a couple of weeks ago with Mike Blewett and the boys. Uh, let's bring uh, Mike Blewett back right now on Red Heat and Rage Game Time Decisions. Mike, it's always a pleasure, my man. How you doing? What's going on, fellas? I have full-blown drafting anxiety. I'm ready to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I don't know why, actually, to be honest with you. I'm a 47-year-old yeah, jaded it, it man. Feels kind of like Christmas a bit. I was, uh, you know, I've lived on the streets of Hollywood. I've lived an extremely crazy life, and I've been nervous all day uh, for some reason, too. I, you know, I don't know if it's because I bet 10 props already, Mike. <laughs> but, like, I just, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I'm starting, might have something to do with it. And look, I'm starting to regret a lot of them. I'm like, oh, God. I'm sure you like them most. I, I sure, look, every time you place a bet, you love it. So which is the one that you feel best about? The one I feel best about, I would say, is um, over under five and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round. I bet under, under. five and a half quarterbacks in the first round. I like it. I think Rudolph has fallen off the first-round conversation, so I think it will be five, but I think it stays there. Yeah, and I don't know. The, the line yeah. move has changed. All right, so let me throw – I'll throw the props at you. First things first, let me throw this at you. Are you buying, it seems, a fait accompli that suddenly Baker Mayfield's minus 500 and as high as minus 500 in some sports books? People feel as though it's a guarantee that Baker Mayfield is going first. Are you buying into this, number one? And number two, do you agree with this? uh, First thing, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's egregious, but I don't agree with it. Uh, I will say that I have tried to put um, many of these rumors at arm's length because, as we know, there's a lot of subterfuge. There's hit pieces. There are smoke screens and people trying to create value in their picks and i could see the browns want some sort of bidding war for that pick since they also have four but when it comes to people that are respected journalists really kind of putting it on the line and i've seen multiple now if they say it's mayfield i'm actually starting to get swayed and as of uh, honestly as of about 90 minutes ago i wasn't swayed and now i'm starting to think that that's the case Oh man, <laughs> Cleveland! <laughs> I brought this. I brought this up earlier, uh, Mike, in a program comparing. I compared him to Colt McCoy, and yeah, I think it's a good comparison. Personally, I think I think that's sort of who he ends up uh, being. But I tweeted it out earlier. The list. It's it's a graveyard, man, of college football superstar uh, Heisman win- winning uh, trophy quarterbacks who have failed in the National Football League, mm-hmm. and you know from. From the Eric Crouches to um, you know Tim Tebow, Troy Smith, yep. um, Kelly you know, Smith, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin. Yep. Uh, you you brought it up a couple of weeks ago, Mike. The Big Twelve, you know the Big Twelve, like the Big Twelve, no Big Twelve huh. quarterbacks ever won a Super Bowl. Yep. Like you know Big Twelve, it's a bad defensive conference. He plays in a spread offense. I just don't see this, and not to mention all the flags of the attitude and everything else and the maturity issues. I think the Cleveland Browns, I can't believe, what a shock. The Cleveland Browns are about to make a big mistake. So This is the mistake by the lake 2.0, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to believe some of the rumors, but Scott McLuhan has obviously been advising this team. He's known to be a draft guru, a talent guru, and he apparently really likes Baker. Now, I've been saying for months that it's Darnold, just because he's the type of guy that NFL teams like. John Dorsey is an old-school NFL guy. 
I would think he would just gravitate towards Darnold. But it seems like certain reporters based in Cleveland, Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, I've talked to her in the past on various shows, and her reputation is really good when it comes to this stuff. And she's saying it's Baker. Josina Anderson from ESPN says it's Baker. So, look... I feel bad for Browns fans because this could be a spectacular blow-up, but it isn't just going to be on Baker. We we have a coach in place that's gone 1-31, and I think all three of us, clean sweep, would say he shouldn't be there right now. Is Baker Mayfield better than Tyrod Taylor? Not right no. now. No, no, not even close. Tyrod Taylor's making $16 million a year coming into to this year. To me, and listen, it's easy for me to say I'm just a jackass talk show host, but... To me, Saquon Barkley won, Bradley Chubb two, and you move on. You got the two best players on the respective side of the football, man. I don't. You know, that's that's how I would have handled this, uh, Mike. Yeah, and, and look, I think the Giants are in that interesting position where they don't, they can commit to Eli for one more year, see what they have in Davis Webb if it falls apart, and or evaluate him during the year and take the best of those two in their opinion, Gabe. It could be. Barkley or it could be Chubb both players will be fine I I hesitate with Barkley for the Giants only because uh, irrespective of their signing with Nate Solder that offensive line was putrid last year and they need more than Nate Solder to make it a working offensive line so putting Barkley behind that doesn't guarantee them any success Mike, I had an earlier prop of uh, Chubb getting drafted uh, before four and a half. Where do you think he's going to go? Because now with all this quarterback stuff, you know, it's like dominoes. He could go to six to Indianapolis. Like, totally where do agree. you think he's going to end up? Because if you're if you're looking at these guys, I think he's like the best lock to work out because I don't want to dick around with these quarterbacks. I, I, I totally understand that uh, viewpoint, but I would say that you're, I think you're going to sweat that because what could happen is, let's say it's Baker. Uh, the Broncos are known to like Sam Darnold. Do they trade up to two, swap with the Giants, and then it's uh, Darnold at two, and then it's Rosen at three? And then what do the Browns do? Do they go Barkley there? I know they just signed Carlos Hyde, but wouldn't you sacrifice Carlos Hyde if you had Barkley sitting there and you already had the quarterback? You probably would consider that because you can move one of your other running backs, whether it's Duke, Johnson. Carlos Hyde injury pro yep. too. Yeah, exactly right. You need multiple backs. You look, do. Look, at, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The, the, the Clement kid. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt, Ajayi. Ajayi, you know, it's not, nothing wrong with having talent in the backfield. So then, you, then you'd have the G-men at five, and they could take Quentin Nelson to fix that offensive line in accordance with Solder. But if you're evaluating the two, you probably take Chubb. They have Olivier Vernon. He's a year older, and they've just ditched Jason Pierre-Paul. So if they feel like Chubb is a guy – look, Chubb – people are going to – perceive Chubb as a pass rusher his value is that he plays both very well he isn't a one-trick pony Harold Landry is a straight pass rusher you'll find him possibly later in the first round of the draft just like Marcus Davenport Uh, Chubb can play that outside backer defensive end rush the passer and defend against the run he will be an excellent addition to any team he arguably the safest pick for any team only because running backs have that opportunity to flame out quickly due to injury and or get frustrated behind a bad offensive line which is what the giants are currently in possession of all right mike i've shared my props uh with uh on twitter with people on 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 a podcast and on my patreon uh, page at uh, patreon.com slash sports rage so you can give it you can give a different opinion or an agree or a disagree so i'll blast through them i've got 10 of them here i'll start off we'll go rapid fire wide receivers taken in the first round over under two and a half 
I bet under. I do not believe that Moore, Ridley, and Sutton all go in the first round. I said under, agree or disagree. I think it's right there. I, I'm inclined to, to say under, but I think there's a couple of desperate teams out there will push to that third receiver, but it's going to be right down to the wire. I don't like butts, Mike. <laughs> I'm not a fan of butts. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be sweating this one out yeah. right to the 32. For sure you will be. That is a sweat. Oh, There's yeah. up there, you know, because the team yeah. at 30 and between 30 and 31, 32, receiver. It just, we'll see where it's just going to take one over, team yeah. that's in the high, picking high in the second round that doesn't want to that doesn't want to mess around, and they could trade up if they like Sutton because they need a, a receiver at size. I do think Sutton would be the third one. I think it's going to be Ridley and more before Sutton. All right, I went under. I also bet. Running backs taken in the first round. Over, under, one and a half. Listen, it's plus 165. So I took the, you know, it's the, I, I understand it's a, it's a dog for a reason. You took the under? I bet under. Ooh. And this basically comes down to Geis. Yeah, whether Geis goes in the first round or not. What do you think of this prop? I like Geis uh, to Philly, so that's right down to the wire. But I do think somebody's going to trade up and, and get Geis. <laughs> yeah, that's at 32. <laughs> right. I know. Last pick. I'm hearing a lot of Detroit Lion Geis love. Yeah. Um, all right, this one I already bet. I bet pretty big, too, and I'm not liking this because the number's moving against me like an idiot. I bet it last night at 164. It's 150 right now. I said no. That the top three picks in the in the draft will be all quarterbacks, Mike. One, two, and three. It's only happened twice. 1971 and 1999. 1999 was Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith. Love that bet. Kenny Stabler, Dan Pastorini, <laughs> and I don't know the third one off the top. Well, at least I mean, you got following the, there, following so the hot table. rumors at this moment, it's no. It's the Giants are not taking a quarterback and staying there. So I think exactly. the answer is no. Exactly. Gettleman likes what's, Eli. What's Gettleman the juice? What's the juice on that? What are we, 70 cents? Or what is it for first three quarterbacks? It's minus no. 150 now. That's amazing. I love that. It was prop. minus 164, so you can get it at minus 150 yeah. now. Great prop. All right, so now I started swinging for the fences a little bit with some plus money props, uh, Mike. This is the Over, fun part under, of the show. five and a half. Yeah, <laughs> over, under, five and a half offensive linemen drafted in the first round. I went under plus 187. Two kids from Notre Dame, maybe that kid from UTEP, and uh, maybe another one. I don't think it gets a six. Is there six six offensive linemen going in the first round? I don't think I it gets to six I got plus 187. Either. It says no. That does not get to yeah. six. Probably like, five. Five. See, I like you, Mike. King Kong Bundy. I like that there was no butt there. <laughs> um, all right. And it's, it's plus 187, right? I don't need yeah. to hit every one of these bets, right? I, you know, if I, plus 187, plus one, you know. In our mock, Gabe, next one. in our mock, which was a little funky, we only picked four. So um, I, I'm kind of going by our logic there. A lot of edge rushers, QBs. We had six QBs in hours, but that was a few weeks ago. I think people have backed off Mason Rudolph. But we had four in hours, and I didn't really – you got priced. It could sneak in there at the end. I, but I like it. I like the under there. All right, linebackers. I bet under four and a half at plus 200. So there needs to be five linebackers in the first round for me to lose the bet. What do you think of that one? Here's the question. How are they – who gets defined as a D-end or a linebacker? That's kind of nebulous, right? Like Bradley Chubb is yeah. a defensive end, yeah. but, you but know, in certain, no, in but certain no, alignments. He's, he's not a linebacker. Okay. No, no, he's not a linebacker. Yeah, they, they, they sort of keep it within the – with the perimeter. So Chubb's not a linebacker. Okay. Harold Landry, defensive end. Uh, Arden Key, defensive end. Marcus Davenport, defensive end. 
You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes. then yes. you go under on linebackers yes. then. Yeah. Yeah. Davenport's a defensive end. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so your okay, linebackers are going to be uh, Rokon Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, yep. Leighton Vander Esch, and yep. those are the locks for me. Uh, obviously, could get could get one or two more, but remember, I, I got I got potentially Vander Esch going to the Bills at twenty two. I was hoping and, uh, the, the, the Seattle actually needs another linebacker too. But if Raquan Smith for some reason is available at twelve, which he probably no won't be, but if he is, yeah, all right, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'm just no throwing chance. it out there. No chance. I don't want. I don't want to rain right. on your parade. But you guys are going to move up. I, I think you should feel good about that. You've pa- you're going to package these we'll two see. picks and move up for your boy Josh Allen. Tweets well, or no tweets. I like tweets. the fact that at least. I like the fact that at least that it's not Baker Mayfield because I don't like Baker Mayfield. All right, so Josh Rosen, over under five and a half, plus 110. I say under. I say Josh Rosen goes to the Denver Broncos at five or maybe the Jets at three. I don't think he falls to six. Pro Football Talk had a rock-solid rumor that if Darnold and Rosen are both there for them, it's Rosen and not Darnold. So I feel pretty good about that one. I think Rosen's going under. And here's what I'll say nice. about Rosen. I felt like throughout this process, until I saw that, that the Jets were very interested, I felt like he was going to be the guy that was going to slip slide away because he's, got, because he's arrogant and maybe UCLA didn't play as well, didn't win as many games as he should be there. I feel like that guy, as long as he's able to stay healthy, could be the one a few years from now, like, how did somebody pass on that guy? That's how I'm starting to feel really? about Josh Rosen. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. They're my two guys. All right. Uh, Derwin James, over under seven and a half. This comes down as, is Tampa going to take him or will they take a Mika Fitzpatrick? Over under seven and a half, Derwin James. I bet over. I'm essentially betting that Tampa doesn't take him. That's I, because of that reasoning, which is the exact same reasoning that I have. You have to take the over there because that's threading the needle too much on a bet, and I wouldn't want to guess that that yeah. player goes to that team exactly, even though he could. Exactly. Yeah. I need better odds. That's a good if thing. I'm Maybe the Raiders pick, at 10. That's still yeah. over. If I pick exactly, Kevin. I like if, that if play. I'm, if I'm saying Derwin James particularly to a team, you got to be giving me plus 350 or 500. Exactly. You know? All right. Defensive backs taken in the first round. Over under five and a half. I went under five and a half plus one through thirty-seven. I'm only really seeing four or five. What am I missing, Mike? We had five in our mock. We got Alexander. We've got Ward. We have Minka Fitzpatrick. Who are the others? I'm trying to Jackson. look through. Jackson, Iowa, Josh Jackson, Iowa that's Jackson. Right. Um, yep. Yeah, that's yeah. So I'll, I'll stick with five. I'm trying to think of the other guys that can sneak in there. I don't really see anybody. I, from what from what I understand about this draft is many. There will be. Here's what I think the story of the draft is going to be, guys. Fast and furious trades, both in the first round and after. I think many GMs see the second, third, fourth rounds as being loaded with talent, and they won't overspend necessarily to get up into the first round until it's the end of it. But they will move around a lot, move it up in the second round, up in the third round, up in the fourth round to get some of these players. And there's tons of defensive backs that will go in the second round of this draft. This one I'm not proud of, <laughs> but I need I need to admit it publicly. Not proud of not proud of it. Uh, I was saying earlier in the week, screw the Baker Mayfield over six and a half. over six and a half. Not looking too good now, Mike. Oh. Not feeling good about your bet right there, Gabe. 
So are you in studio all night with Jake Seeley coming yeah. on at 7 o'clock? Uh, 7 o'clock. It's myself, Corey Parson, Emery Hunt, Dane Martinez. 7 until the draft is over. Great panel. Keep it locked in uh, here tonight. Uh, guys, thanks, Mike. All right, guys. Take care. Mike Blewett. Yeah, keep it locked in uh, tonight on the Fantasy Sports Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Whoa, that pause was scary. I always think we're knocked off. So do I do it. Yeah, it's the song. It goes... You got to stop playing that song, Florio. Like it. (laughs) It's a scary song. There's that that, that little lull. Of yeah, like, we, I, I just look at the I look at the soundboard and go, oh, do I see bars? Yeah. Make it green. Is Tony with us? Tony is lingering somewhere. All right, thanks to Mike Blewett for joining us. Uh, sounded, that was good. He sounded like God. He was in the studio. You, who, uh, Mike? No, yeah. oh, let's bring Mike, Mike back in. He does sound no when he when he's talking. You're right. It's like the voice of God. It's and very then, clear. And then let's try to bring uh, Tony in too. But is Tony. that is that system going to crash? Can we handle like four people talking at once? <laughs> I'm, I'm worried she, about I'm worried, blows. I'm worried about my system. Yeah, that's what I wor- I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking pot shots in any. No, no, no. Like, we're worried about yeah, my, yeah. We got a lot of cords going on here. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. There's a lot of cords. Uh, it's like a souped-up radio shack. In yeah, you guys have no idea. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like basically, I see Mike, cords, 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 and more cords. Like Mike, I've got like the, the charger plugged in here to a computer with a weight on top of it, finely balanced. I have. I can't like. Great, it's great angle, Gabe. It's twenty eighteen. Like, doing Radio Shack references. Come on. Yeah, I'm telling. <laughs> Yeah, remember the old, uh, it was like a big deal, like to have a calculator in class. Exactly. The old Fort Worth calculator. Yeah, yeah Texas Instruments. Yeah, Texas Instruments. <laughs> I had the old Texas Instruments flat face. What a winner. <laughs> Great calculator. I don't know. <laughs> My computer's not much better. No, I, I, actually, you got a mic. Mike, For an he, Apple. He's got like a weight held on because the, the port is not perfect. But i got to give Marenzi a lot of credit. It's on the perfect angle right now. It's just hanging on. Yeah, I mean, no, you can order type- these things online, and they'll be there tomorrow. No, it doesn't work. No, 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 It no. doesn't work. I've gone through like five MacBook Pros. We've got a problem, man. I had a meeting with Apple yesterday. I guess I just had a meeting up with them, with their tech crew. Jeez. We got to have a meeting with I our got, producers, everybody. Got yes, everybody yes, 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 yes. We need a lot of, lot of meetings. Yeah. Uh, Tony Sincata now joins us. What's up, Tony? I'm not into meetings. I mean, mostly meetings. <laughs> everybody gets meetings, meetings suck. They, meetings they are talk a big way. Yes. They're a waste of time. Ten minutes after the meeting's over, everybody goes back to doing the same shit they were doing before. One thing I noticed Truer words have too, never been spoken. People always get fired after meetings. Anytime there's like a town hall, yeah. just want to let everyone know everything's going great. Going good, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. Walking papers. <laughs> any, any station. I was at another station. It won't be named, but I swear to God, the guy stood there, and he said, all right, I just want to let you know you hear a lot of crazy things out there, but everyone in the room, 
you know, everyone in the room, you're part of the team moving forward. Yep. And I guess he meant everyone in the room minus 24 people two days later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like nothing, nothing, nothing surprising. So yeah, anytime exactly. Like, you know, I like Mike Cardano, but whenever I see Mike's call, I'm like, uh, yeah, what, you, you hope it's good. I'm like, uh, he's probably calling to complain about something offensive Tony Cicada said. <laughs> 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 see, Mike, you know, people think I'm the edgy one, but... I actually have to have a disclaimer on the show, like the views and opinions expressed by Tony Cicada do not represent Gabriel Moretzi or Cam Stewart yeah, look, or the gets, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. T- Tony be the first to admit he comes out of left field once in a while, and the one thing I can tell you about meetings is that if they tell you no changes are going to be made, pack your bags. Get, yeah, it's, put yeah, yourself oh, in a box sure. and leave the building. Well, it's like it's like what they ask uh, Donald Trump or Huckabee Sanders about one of the cabinet members. No, no, there's no changes coming. You know the guy's fired. Bet on him next. Like, there's, there's always props up. Yeah, short that guy. So, short that so guy Tony, immediately. Tony, what are you making this Baker Mayfield stuff, man? I'll tell Cleveland you what, Browns, I'm laughing. They already I'm took, they already took Johnny Maxell. Why? I'm laughing I'm that. Where's my good? guy Meany? You and your overbets that you already put in on these Cleveland Browns uh, this seven, year, right? Oh, yeah. No, I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> And you don't listen to you, Tony. No, no. And you know what? I'm glad I never did it. And you know what? It was a momentary lapse of sanity. Yes. And yes. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I'm glad that this is a wake-up call and a reminder not to, to bet, bet on, on the, the Browns, Browns over four and a half this year. I, I can't believe they're really going to do this. This is a guy that a team asked him to read a playbook, a couple plays, and he said, nah, I, got, I had other things on my plate. Are you kidding me? You're going to make them face your franchise? <laughs> you just drafted Johnny Manziel. He's Johnny Manziel 2.0. And Brandon Whedon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Forgot about oh, we- Oklahoma State. Yeah, there we go. Big 12 quarterbacks. Oh, the combination of Hugh Jackson and Baker Mayfield oh. can't miss. So I thought the comparison to Colt McCoy was interesting. Now, why do you figure Colt McCoy as the uh, like, where did you get that comparison? That's very big interesting 12. to me. Big, big 12 quarterback. Same kind of body structure. Same sort of body type. Um, I think Baker Mayfield's better than Colt McCoy. But I was saying that ultimately I think that Baker Mayfield's not a bust. He's not Johnny Manziel joining me at the IFBC football conference in two summers. <laughs> um, <laughs> that'd be the best. And now Baker Mayfield and Gabe Morenzi. That's what somebody told me last night. They said, Morenzi, you Baker Mayfield football conference two years from now? Mike, I did a football conference in Costa Rica, and uh, Johnny Manziel was one of the speakers. <laughs> so that's why. That had to be a good like, time. Uh, that had to be yeah, good times yeah. for everyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, this is a true story. I got so drunk, I was in Costa Rica. I'm in my hallway of my hotel. Nice hotel, but that was a great time. Oh, they showed me. Yeah, nice casino hotel, uh, Sheridan. I'm in the hallway, and Johnny Manziel's hotel room is like two doors down from me. What, what is Major Moretti and Manziel in Costa Rica? And by chance, it's like 4 in the morning, I'm stumbling down my hallway, and Johnny Manziel's there. He's like, hey, yo, bro, are you okay? (laughs) And I realized right then and there that I really needed to make some changes in my life when I was drunker than Johnny Manziel in a hallway in Costa Rica. Yeah, you had to tap the brakes. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the brakes. Yeah, it's like, it's like man, when I'm, when Johnny Manziel is asking me if I'm all right, I got I got the issues here. But thing is, Johnny's a good actor because he didn't drink that whole time. You said at the conference, no, he didn't. drank a bit, but, but he was polite. Yeah. He wasn't whatever. But and then I found out after, no, 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 he trashed the hotel room and racked up a bunch of room service. <laughs> 
and didn't pay in space. Exactly. So it's funny you saw, like, Manziel maybe with Hamilton Tiger Cats now in the Canadian Football League, and they're like, man, he's really matured and stuff. I'm like, no, he hasn't. Yeah. Like, he's fooling you You'll all. see. Just like Baker Mayfield. To Tony's, yeah, point about, to Tony's point about Baker, some of the defenses he played against are just embarrassingly bad. What do you say, Kansas? You're saying Kansas doesn't line them up and trap them up? Texas Tech giving up 283 yards a game, passing defense. Baylor, 267. Just nonstop aerial attack against these teams. They didn't stop anybody. That's why I have problems with all the Big 12 quarterbacks. The starting quarterbacks in the NFL next year will be the Big 12 quarterbacks that are starting the NFL next year are Tannehill, potentially Sam Bradford, and Mahomes, and then maybe Baker. So yeah. th- that's your test case, and there hasn't been a successful one in a long time, not since the rule changes have ensued and the Big 12 stopped playing defense. I just wanted to throw in there, you mentioned uh, the, the yards against Baylor. Baylor lost to Liberty. That's correct. Not in basketball, yep. but in football. Liberty. They were 33-point favorites. <laughs> right? I went, Tony, I went through the graveyard. I went through the graveyard of quarterbacks of uh, and a couple of Big Twelve guys in here. One of them I don't even remember. Like what? What NFL team did Jason White play for? Never played. Just never played. No, he had Oklahoma. massive. He had significant knee injuries, and he was basically off teams' boards. So he went undrafted and never played it down in the NFL. Oklahoma, wow. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. So, is Tony? Listen to this list, and I'm sort of putting uh, Baker Mayfield in here. Tim Tebow. I think it's almost a comparison. He's way more accurate than Tim Tebow, but you know you got Troy Smith. I'm talking; these are Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks in the NFL. Jameis Winston. I don't. Think, um, I never thought he could play. Jameis Winston. Eh, he's not a boss. He's, he's all right. He's okay. He's an average. He's okay. He's okay. His he's completion okay. percentage, though, in today's NFL, is what eliminates him from me. Is that today's NFL has become a computer game, and if you're not completing sixty percent of your passes, you don't belong in this league. Maybe all the that's rules... why they like Mayfield so much. I'm, I'm getting, I don't yeah. like Mayfield, but I got to give the kid credit. I mean, he's freaking accurate, and that's the difference between Allen. What's Al- Allen's percentage yeah. is very, yes, yeah, very absolutely. Inaccurate. That's why. Okay, I, yeah, so absolutely so stay G- away from Allen. So Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, RG three. NFL, we saw what happened. Johnny Manziel, uh, Jameis Winston, uh, you got Mariota, yep. um, Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow. I'm not seeing a lot of like, oh, wow. Real success stories. Troy Smith, Matt Leinart, Jason White, Eric mm-hmm. Crouch, Chris Wenke, Danny Werfel, Gino Toretta, Charlie Ward, hell of a point guard. Uh, Ty Detmer, nice backup career. <laughs> Andre Ware. Andre Ware, man. That nice guy. But yeah, Houston, Houston Cougars. Cougars. You know, Andre Ware has been an analyst, on, an, an, an an analyst on TV for like 12 years I now. Know. And I, I know. swear to God, he still gets the crappiest game of the week every freaking week, man. And he's good. He is good. Like, you notice, like, they got him buried. He's always like Beth Mullins doing like, oh, it's Kent State at Purdue. Yeah, uh, a lot of matching. <laughs> yeah, match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying so... I'm gonna let's go on record now, so we can remember this, and hopefully we can look back and we're together yeah. years from uh, from now. I always think I'm not going to be alive, anyways. But I've got a lot of bad draft predictions over the years. I I admitted that I thought Kyle Bowler would be an NFL star. I uh, thought Ryan Leaf was going to be better than Manning. That was stupid. Yeah. So I've made mistakes over the years, but. I will go on record and state I stand by this. Baker Mayfield, not a bust, but he's going to be in the NFL. 
and sort of a backup type guy. Maybe he starts in three, four years somewhere, you know, after a few years. I know to me, he's not the star. I say Josh Rosen, you're messing up if you don't take this kid. He's the guy. Lamar Jackson. Josh Rosen. Lamar Jackson. And I believe that Saquon Barkley's like Michael Jordan. We'd be uh, forever regretted if you don't draft him. But I think the New York Giants understand this and will take him second overall. But Josh Rosen's my guy. Lamar Jackson's my guy. Baker Mayfield, no. Sam Darnold, uh, good quarterback. I think Sam Darnold will be like a Matt Ryan type guy. Like I think Matt I think Stafford, Matt Ryan. I think Allen's going to be a disappointment. You say Allen yeah, disappointment? That's, that's my yeah. Like the way yeah, you talk about too. Mayfield, I'm, I'm I'm not with Allen. Tony. Yeah, Sam Donald to me is the only guy that I have any confidence in. Lamar Jackson, I go back and forth on. I would take a shot at the feel more comfortable taking a shot at him at the uh, end of the first round as I would uh, pick any other quarterbacks. Uh, but I like I like well, Donald's composure. I like he's there, and I haven't been wrong about a draft pick since Tony Mandarich and Brian Bosworth. <laughs> Those are tough ones. Those yeah, are they tough sure ones. are. So yeah, here, here's what I'll say about Allen. I missed I, on them. And I, I told Tony, you about Tony Mandarich, uh, it's the only only yeah. only Canadian that spends more at the grocery store than Ken. <laughs> <laughs> remember, 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 remember when he had the car yeah, he's like, on the cover yeah, sports yeah. show? I, I, eat thir- I eat 30 eggs. Yeah, he's like, cost me 1600 bucks a week to eat at Michigan State. That's all natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, no, this, uh, I've dropped this stat before. The last two players to be drafted in the first round at the quarterback position that with a lower career completion percentage in college than Josh Allen's 56% are Kyle Bowler, who you mentioned. He was at 48%. And Jake Locker at 54%. Obviously, his career is besieged by injuries, but he hadn't really proved too much prior to that. Bowler was obviously a washout. The one thing I'd say about your, your take on Baker is that he could end up being a backup the NFL historically has not been kind to very high draft picks that don't succeed as that number one guy. They tend yeah. to wash out very quickly. We saw that with RG3, who's clinging to a thread and didn't play in the NFL last year. So once they decide that you are not the number one guy, they push you out, whether it's Vince Young or RG3 or uh, several other guys that we could mention. Uh, you Achilles know. Smith, Tim Couch, sure. you're on the All list, right? Yeah, it's a good point. They don't they hang really around yeah. for 10 years as a backup. They either make it or they're gone. So Sam Darnold's not a guy that's been a lot of discussion about, actually. I mean, we've talked a lot about Baker because he's sort of the media guy. You talk a lot about Josh Rosen because he's a media guy and he's polarizing. Sam Darnold's been the quiet one through all this. He doesn't really talk. He throws a good football. I think I've been a little bit more negative on Sam. I think I'm letting my... The fact that I bet against USC so much every week because they were overly favored. That's a good point. Sort of against him in a sense that I'm like, well, you didn't cover in that game. They never blew that team away. I remember the interceptions. But when I said earlier that I I look at Sam Darnold and, I don't know, I sort of see a Matt Stafford type, a Carson Palmer type, a Matt Ryan type that... Could be in the league for 10 years, drop back, make a Pro Bowl a couple of times, just sort of be an every every week solid NFL quarterback. Maybe not elite superstar, but a solid quarterback. What's your take on Darnold? What, what's your projection, Mike? I I think part of the reason that you're saying he hasn't been talked about that much is, is sort of why I think Tony and I are on the same page with him. I find his negatives to be limited. Now, does he have as much upside as some of these other guys? Maybe not, but... That's not necessarily how I'm looking at it. I see him being successful. I think they can eliminate some of the turnovers, in particular the fumbles. 
I think he's got a good mentality of not getting rattled too much, of not really being uh, flustered in, in games. Uh, and, yeah. and, and overall, they played pretty well. I mean, he elevated his team to a higher level than Rosen did with UCLA. I, I do I didn't think like he's, that. I didn't like that Ohio State game. Yeah, I, look, I think you can find some negatives, but when you're talking they got about a glorified high school coach coaching that USC team, right I now. can't disagree. <laughs> yeah. I can't dis. He's in over his head yes. as a head coach. I agree with you, Tony. And some people say, you know, I've heard some theories that USC quarterbacks have it a little bit easier when they're in college because they have a lot of weapons around them that make it to the NFL. Maybe that's why they don't succeed at the next level. I, I just don't really see that with Darnold. Their offensive line wasn't very good this past season. Uh, I don't think, other than Jones, I don't think you're going to see multiple guys go high in the draft as far as his uh, offensive weapons are concerned. I just think... I've thought this for months. He's the type of guy that NFL GMs like, and I think that's why he's going number one. I understand how strong the rumors are now for Mayfield, and I'm starting, they're starting to sway me, but I thought it was Darnold a few months ago, and I'm going to stick with it up until 8-15 when the pick happens. Yeah, that's the thing, Mike. Think about this, though, too. You talk about it. Say these are rumors. Darnold goes for minus 400. He's plus 200 and what, because everyone oh, – the Baker Mayfield type. So if you think this is a bunch of crap – you're getting a guy like like a huge, huge value play Maybe on Cleveland. a guy that was the biggest favorite. It's they hard. Might, at the last second, they go Darnold, man. It's, like, who knows? It's sort of like when they say, you know, that Trump's not an idiot. He's playing 4D yeah. chess. Yes. And, you know, yes, Gabe. Like, they're like, he's not playing 4D chess. Some people are like, no, 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 he really is. Are the Browns fooling us? Are they? Did they tell people, listen, we're taking Baker Mayfield. They leak it yeah. out to the Cabot. They leak it out to Josina. Yeah, we're with Baker. To really try to shake someone down, because be maybe the they That's maybe three. they know someone yeah. you know at four five three, they're like these guys love Baker. Let's really put it out there that we're yeah. taking them, even though we're not. I mean, this isn't set like you said, Mike. It's not set yet. That's that's where I'm leaning. I, I think that there's these are possibly still rumors. Tony, do you think there there's still rumors? Do you think it's this could be Darnold, or do you think it's Mayfield's locked in now? I think the Browns have made up their mind. Supposedly they told Hugh Jackson this morning who they were picking. Um, but if there's one team that they they're gonna pull this with, it's the Jets. I'm convinced the Jets wanted to Baker Mayfield at three, and now to get him only to move down two spots, they could still get a quarterback right there. If if they do like Lewis, and that was the guy, I mean Allen, that was the guy they wanted all along. You can get him at three, get an extra pick, so it could be that way. But this is a Cleveland franchise that couldn't fax a piece of paper last year, so I don't know if they can pull all this off. <laughs> Lamar Jackson would be a good Jet, but he's not worthy of being the third pick. Exactly. Unless our boy yeah. Joe Lisi's the GM. Yeah. He's like, I'll yeah. take him first. <laughs> Lamar, Lamar Jackson, please. <laughs> I want to trade down. We got Emery Hunt on the show tonight. He would he would take Lamar first overall. That's his guy. Yeah. We gotta get we gotta play in a fantasy football league with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I do that. I'll do it in fantasy football where I'm like, I don't care. I'm taking this guy early because he's not gonna be there later, but you gotta go with the best available player. All right, we'll talk more NFL on the other side. Have fun breaking down the draft uh, here. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. We'll talk to DFS at uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, keep it locked in here at 7 o'clock. Full studio, breaking it down. Who's there tonight? So we've got uh, Emery Hunt uh, in the house. Dane Martinez in the house. Uh, Jake Seeley joining no. via Skype. Yeah, I think Jake will probably uh, pop in, but Corey Parson uh, is running the show. So. Ooh, the, exec, yeah. the executive fantasy. He's just taking over. That he one. is the executive. Yeah, yeah. The executive. Fantasy really, executive. He really is. He's going to yes. be our boss. Too. CEO. You're going to be re- all checks to Corey Parson. You're going to be reporting to Corey, Tony. Corey's the new uh, HR here. I can handle that. You know, I think as far as HR go, we're on the same wavelength in a lot of those decisions. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, it'll be sort Corey of a lax HR, HR policy. Yeah, yeah, he'd be good. He'd be like, uh, you st- don't do that again. Yeah, he'd be he'd, he'd be, be all right. Be going all right, through. so I want to bring something up. Um, actually, about uh, Baker Mayfield, and you you brought it up earlier, Mike. As far as the the defenses that he played, I don't think we could overemphasize the Big Twelve angle here. And what happened in the second half of the Rose Bowl against the Georgia Bulldogs? I'll tell you what happened in the second half. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners punted four times. Mayfield threw an interception. Yep. They racked up thirty-seven yards of offense. After uh, Georgia adjusted, he came out hot, and it was a high scoring, and then uh, Georgia just dominated there. Uh, senior Bowl, and I'm not going to use the Senior Bowl is an overrated thing. I fell for Zay Jones last year after the Senior Bowl because of those catches, and it, you know the Bills fell for EJ Manuel at the Senior Bowl. And there's been a lot of Senior Bowl crushes that lead to draft picks after, but I didn't like what I saw from Baker at the uh, the Senior Bowl, guys. But balls were getting batted down. Um, you know, he was there during the week. Then, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play in the game. Uh, you know, I've already done what I need to do. The, you know, you brought it up, Tony. I have a lot on my plate telling the Chargers. I told the story yeah. yesterday how he thinks it's funny. Like, he actually told the story. Like, it's funny that he hung up on Boss Cook. So, yeah, it's funny that you were disrespectful to an old guy there. Yeah, I know it's really funny, Baker. You know, I could go on and on, man, with the character flaws. If you get flustered by 12 fans at Kansas – you know, you're, well, you're not going to get flustered, uh, you know, on the, on the road at uh, at uh, in Pittsburgh at Heinz. Like, we go down the list, man, of the character flaws and the questions here, man. I just can't believe that he's the number one pick. It's comical to me, but bad teams are bad teams for a reason. This guy, his prop, Gabe, you were saying how many? What was it before? Was it over? Tw- was 25 to 25 to, to one. Pick. That was about three weeks yeah. ago. So three weeks, weeks ago. ago, before these stories came out, he's 25 to 1. He is minus 300 or more now. Well, Josh Rosen's done so much yeah. negative things, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just it's nuts the way these, the, these lines are swinging. But. You know, Josh Rosen, I mean, after all, the guy does want to be the greatest player ever. Um, you know, he's just. To me, it's idiotic. These guys overthink things, and it's amazing, Tony. Like, I brought this up, too, about teams like, you know, oh, you don't trade up, you know, in the draft. You don't give picks. Look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles traded up to get Carson Wentz. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, he didn't play in that game, but they got there because of him, obviously. So it was worth it. The Cleveland Browns got all those draft picks, and the Cleveland Browns still suck, Tony. I bring this up about, like, salary caps. When people are like, oh, look, you look, at, look, look at baseball. The Richards team doesn't always win in baseball. People are like, oh, you know, salary caps are equalizers. The Cleveland Browns sucked before there was a salary cap. They <laughs> suck with a salary cap. 
It yeah. doesn't matter. Bad teams make bad decisions over and over. There's Look at a the reason. Patriots. What's it been about? Yeah. Twelve years. Yeah, it's not the. It's not a salary cap. It's not a small market. That the Buffalo Bills have been in the playoffs once in 21 years. It's because they've had bad draft picks. It's pretty simple. It's uh, it's an insane thing. I'll tell you what, and I look at the quarterback position more than like anything. You got to be the leader of men when you get it. When you play football and you're in that huddle with 11 guys, there's one guy that speaks. There's one guy that that carries the team. One guy that represents the team. This isn't the guy I want representing my team. It's a great point, Tony. You don't want your quarterback to be a jackass. Like he's the guy that everyone has to respect, even when you're going to have like buddies on the team. He's the guy you go, you love everything about him. You want to go to war for him. He just doesn't have that personality if he's going to be a dick. Uh, maybe he does in the huddle, right? Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. But Gabe, to that point, to Cam's point about about that kind of stuff. Every time there, we've we've seen several times in recent memory where. That is kind of broken down on QBs. Tannehill with the commentary to his teammates about the practice squad checks. Now, where are they at? They're probably going to draft a QB here, whether it's injury or bad play or a team that broke down around him. Tannehill wasn't well-liked. Jay Cutler found his way out of a few locker rooms and getting into arguments all the time. I, I, I just think guys like that, if they are irascible to their teammates – it ends up creating a problem uh, for the yep, team. Now, yep. it, it, you can be uber talented like Aaron Rodgers, and if you're a little abrasive with teammates like Dan Fouch was back in the day, or, or Philip Rivers, or Phil Rivers, exactly. Yep. Um, you know, you don't have to be everybody's best friend. But to Tony's point, like when it comes to the huddle, um, they need to those guys are in you. charge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Phil Rivers, the good Christian guy that hates everybody. Um, here's a good quote from uh, Chris Sims. Uh, former NFL quarterback yes. uh, Chris Sims, who I find to be much less annoying than his father, um, even though his father is a better quarterback, ironically enough. Uh, I, I think this is accurate here. He tells Cleveland.com, I like Baker Mayfield. He's a top 20 pick, but I can't take a six-foot quarterback who ran a 4.84 and has a 29-inch vertical as the number one pick in the draft. I just can't do it. Um, you know, if the Browns draft uh, Mayfield, he'll only be the second QB under 6'1 to be drafted. In the first round in the last 15 years. The other one, Johnny Manziel. Like, what the hell are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Why don't they just hire the four of us to run their draft for them, guys? Six of the Big 12 teams that he played against on his schedule were ranked outside of the top 100 passing defenses. Six. That's brutal. It's Texas. It's uh, Baylor. It's Kansas. Kansas State. Yep. Just brutal. on and on and on. They didn't play anybody. You saw this from Mason Rudolph, whose numbers are huge, and Baker, obviously. I'll give him all the credit for being the most accurate passer. But would he have been any of those things if you if were in a conference where they knew how to play defense or, frankly, cared to play defense? These teams don't even care to play. So. It's just seven-on-seven seven football, basically. And here's so, our boy. So, here's yeah. our boy, Spenny Max. Sorry, Cam. We've yeah. got a listener, uh, one of the better gamblers yeah. out there that listens to the show. Um, he's laughing right now. He just sent me a tweet. He's showing me his pick. He put in uh, Baker Mayfield uh, at uh, 20, 25 to 1. Yeah, 23 to 1, 22 wow. to 1. $83. $83 pays $1,591 if Baker Mayfield is drafted first overall tonight. You know what I love? For 83 bucks. Spenny Mac knows how to bet. Wow. That's he's a good a bet. smart guy. Oh, he's a very smart man. He always knows what he does. He finds the best of the number. All, all the time. And that's the thing. When we're doing these NFL draft props, like, even, like, guys, we know Barkley's not going to go number one, but you were looking at a guy, 
He's 25 to 1 now. Like, the, like it, these aren't just going up like from 9 to 12. 9 to 25 to 1. Darno, minus 400 to plus 200. Like, these are significant line swings. And you can find good middles, but I, I don't know. I was going to ask you, though, Mike, about we talk about these bad quarterbacks from the from the Big 12. Like, Rudolph might go at the end of the first round, second round. So what yeah, about guys like... About Mason Rudolph, yeah. Yeah, what about guys like Luke Falk, then? If, you, if you're thinking, well, look at the cheesy defenses he played at. Darno, he's USC, right? So what about guys like Luke Falk? I know he wasn't great in big games, but, man, he put up some fantastic numbers in the Pac-12. Like, he, he, he really, he's, he's he really a, he's a, is. A, he could be a diamond in the rough. He really is a Tom Brady 2.0. He actually he reminds me like, of he him. Could, he could be. The one thing that concerns me when you read scouting reports about him is that they don't know if he's got a, an, an elite quality NFL quality arm. Now, if he yep. can be middle of the road, that's fine. You just start to have concerns if he can't push the ball down the field um, in some critical situations. But he could be a, a diamond in the rough. Some people have talked about Mike White from Eastern Kentucky. Kyle Lalletta's name comes up time and time again as a second round pick that a team could wait on and not draft any of these guys in the first round. You know, it's funny. Tony and I have been on. Uh, Tony, yeah, exactly. That would be a Patriots move right there. The, Tony and I have talked about this several times over the last few weeks. At the end of the day, we're talking about these top six quarterbacks, and none of them might really be all that elite. So why can't you just wait until you get Kyle Lalletta in the second round or Luke Falk in the late second or early third? What about Bankert? What about Bankert? Is he too small, too? 6'2", even? Bankert? I don't think so. I don't think you have to. Get out of Virginia? Yeah. He I, looked real good at the Senior Bowl. Also, he looked great in the first half against Miami. Yeah, he had yeah. a perfect oh, quarterback grade. Remember? Game. He went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. He hit a bomb. He, he made some yep. really big throws in that Miami game. And then at the second half, he crumbled a little bit. But I like the light of what I saw from him. I mean, I, I don't. I, I, wouldn't head, I wouldn't hedge on a guy because he's 6'2". I mean, Josh Allen's nearly 6'5", and I think I'd be scared to death to yeah. draft him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just want to uh, give a shout out to Chris Burke on Twitter. Chris Burke NFL uh, covers the Detroit Lions for the Athletic uh, at Athletic Detroit. Uh, great tweet. Uh, only rumor we haven't heard yet is the Browns trading number one to themselves for number four. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, something some the Browns would do, right? <laughs> exactly. There was once a CFL team, guys. They drafted oh, a dead, dead player. Guy. That's right. They drafted a guy who was dead. They took a guy that was dead. Like straight up dead. Like, it's like they, they drafted him, and someone had to tell him, "Listen, uh, uh, the kid, kid died a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, insane. <laughs> they didn't know. Did they play it off like, oh, we were just doing it for his family? Yeah, they set it up. Yeah, no, it's exactly. We knew that. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 we knew that. So, so Mike, so you know, we've we've criticized the Big Twelve so much. The Big Twelve quarterbacks. What about Mason Rudolph? And is somebody that watches college football way, way too much? And probably that's why I'm single right now. Um, and someone had bet on Oklahoma State a few too many times over the years. That's why There's you eat ramen new- noodles. Yeah. <laughs> they got macaroni and cheese yeah, on the Yeah, yeah, you right do. <laughs> um, Original. Yeah, got a box of macaroni and cheese. It, not was, the, it was on sale. Not the good cents. southern kind. Yeah, not yeah. the you know not the yeah. not the good kind. <laughs> but. Um, so what about Mason Rudolph? I mean, there's been a lot of big games. I didn't like the way that he played. Uh, what about the progressions and the reads? He sort of dialed in and locked in. He was surrounded by superior freaking talent, man, with Washington and the kid in the backfield. Um, and he wasn't playing a great, against great defenses, so do we have to hold everything we're holding against Baker Mayfield against uh, Mason Rudolph as well? Yeah. Uh, Mike, what's your take on Mason? Yeah, I would hold the same things against him. Uh, obviously, he's not as small as Baker is, but I would hold that against him. Now, he could be an interesting scenario because he may have time to learn. 
Now, some of the other guys that have flamed exactly. out, we exactly. Tannehill had to play right away. Bradford played right away. RG3 played right away, who was obviously successful. Then injuries and obviously butting heads with the coach. He ends up flaming out. Uh, Baker's going to be thrown in here right away. What's interesting about Mahomes got a chance to sit for a year, sit behind Alex Smith and be with Andy Reid and, and Nagy for a full year. Mason Rudolph would conceivably have that same opportunity because I don't know that anybody will desperately pick him to start him week one, right? So he may have a chance to sit around. Can he adapt his play in that one year? I'm skeptical, but it would be a unique scenario as opposed to Baker going one overall and sitting behind Tyrod Taylor. But you all, we all know how this goes. Blake Bortles is going to sit for a whole year. Then they're 0-4. Down, down goes Chad Henney. In comes Blake Bortles to struggle. That same thing could happen I've said in it Cleveland. Before. I've said it before. You get a number one draft pick that's a quarterback, and you don't play him in today's day and age. That's like giving the kid a, a present at Christmas and telling him, I'm sorry, we don't have any batteries uh, for, for this. We'll have to wait until next year, son. It's not going to fly. You know, like you said, you get a Mason Rudolph that gets drafted by, let's say, a Pittsburgh Steelers in the second round or something, and he sits behind Ben Roethlisberger for two years. I think it's a great, great fit, actually, yep. for him. Then he's in a good role. You're right. It's amazing, like, the time and spot. Look at Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. But, I, you know, in today's day and age, you know, the whole – I remember, remember it was an anomaly, guys, when Troy Aikman played. Remember Jimmy Johnson was criticized. They're like, man, you're going to get this guy killed. I remember having a football card of Troy Aikman, and Reggie White was like, had his head like the exorcist. <laughs> and it's like, and, you know, he went 1 15 in That's his rookie true. season, Troy Aikman. He got murdered. He got murdered. People are like, you're incompetent. This is a dumb college coach, Jimmy Johnson. You're not supposed to play the guy right away, you're supposed to groom him. We're not in that era anymore because Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott sort of had a good year and then he regressed. Deshaun Watson comes out of the gate. People expect these top picks to play right away, Tony. This kid worries me a lot, though. I'll tell you what. He's a big kid that doesn't play like a big kid. Like, he doesn't make the outside throws. He doesn't have a strong arm. He doesn't have great velocity. Like, he could grow into it, though, because he's got a big body, and and he might mature when he gets later. But right now, this kid worries me. For a big guy, he doesn't have the arm strength of some of these guys that are going in the first round, and that's why he's going in the second round. Yeah, that's why I bet that there will be uh, under five-and-a-half <laughs> quarterbacks that take it. Blake Bortles, the one thing that worried me about Bortles when he came out and he was the third pick in the draft was he was the uh, second lowest velocity of all the quarterbacks in uh, that went to the um, wow at the combine, the second lowest. So, I said, what's the how velocity? can you graph you the seen, guy? What's the velocity of these guys? I haven't seen a list of that. That's a great yeah, point that you raised. He, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but he was one of the lower ones based on his uh, scouting report here. It's funny you say that. I think Allen would have – one of those guys has the biggest velocity. Yeah. He throws cannons. I remember, though. I remember, I swear to God, I remember Mike Mayock doing a great video, and I do respect Mayock uh, and his breakdowns. I remember Mayock doing a video on, on Bortles, and he brought that up, Tony. And he was pointing out, he goes, man, Bortles is going to be an interception machine, and he nailed it. He said he'll be an interception machine in the NFL. He said, look, you know, he's slow to read things, and then he tries to force the ball in there, but he doesn't have enough zip on it. No, no zip. And he was showing in Conference USA getting picked off all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're getting picked off all the time in Conference USA. We saw it translated. Yes, it translated in the National Football League. Yeah, the like, backs are faster. Like even a positive story like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, his senior year, I, I mean, I was a 
Boston College season ticket holder at the time, and I so I watched every one of his games. He threw for 4,500 yards and 31 touchdowns, but he also threw 19 interceptions that year. And even to this day, yep. as good as Matt Ryan is, you can kind of hold your breath waiting for that killer tor- turnover at the end of games. It happened in really big spots, obviously. The Super Bowl, not necessarily all his fault, but we've seen him do it before, yep. and those tendencies don't always go away. And lots of at times. Yeah, Lobs balls. Exactly. Lock, and you zip. talk about Phillip Rivers. He can march down the field. Timely interceptions. Well, I, I maintain the Chargers are a hot team coming into this year. Yeah. He's, he's their problem. He makes big mistakes he's, at the wrong it's time. It's like life. Our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses. Phillip Rivers will top out. Like, he will throw an interception. Like, something will, like, he will be the one that will sort of be the problem for the Chargers this year. Well, let me, let me ask you guys they, this. Where they tap out. Because I asked Tony this um, in the past. Why is it when we're talking about the older quarterbacks in the league, Roethlisberger, who's obviously bandied about uh, retirement, Tom Brady, obviously, Drew Brees, Eli Manning, there's no focus on Phil Rivers. I never understand that. I know he's there like, should be like he's going to play forever. He's the only quarterback that's allowed not to live in the city in which he plays. <laughs> All right, Mike, we'll let you get prepared for the NFL breakdown. Seven o'clock. It's going to be great stuff. I'll be listening. Uh, full house in studio. Check it out. Thanks for the time, Mike. Nice guys. Appreciate it. DFS on the other side and best bets and draft props.